0: This week on Merchants of Change, we talked to one of Marlboro, Massachusetts finest, Jessie Bryant. Jessie was a four-sport high school athlete before playing college softball at Providence for the Friars and becoming a captain her senior year, and then going on to a great coaching career at the United States Military Academy at West Point in Cal State Northridge. She's coming off a very successful five-year shift at HubSpot. Where she started as a bdr and finished as a team lead principal partner specialist here she is jesse Bryant. i'm jr butler co-founder of the shift group and you're listening to merchants of change This is a podcast about transferring the skills and behaviors we acquire as athletes into being a professional technology salesperson. Each week, we'll introduce you to a top performer who will help us understand how they became professional merchants of change. What's up, kid? How we doing?
1: Oh, we're doing great down here in Florida. You still up uh, in the good old Marlboro?
0: You know it. I'm I'm actually oh. in Brookline but um get out to Marlborough okay. a lot. Yeah. I, Jeff, I was bummed I everybody... missed everybody the, uh,
1: the Butler household send off.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was it a was lot too of tears, far to fly up. Yeah, We were only a week off. I
1: wasn't I wasn't uh Marlboro the weekend before though.
0: Uh, uh Well for out. for all our li- for all our listeners, we got Jesse Bryan today. Um, I've known Jesse basically, literally since she was in diapers. Um, so I think, uh, Jesse, you know, I would love for you, I actually can't <laughs> wait to hear you answer this question, but can you, can you just tell the listeners what it was like growing up around the the Butler family?
1: Yeah, I can definitely do that. Uh, gosh, where do you start? So my, my family uh, we lived about what, probably a mile up the road from you guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we lived
1: about a mile up the road. Um, I've known Jr. since I can remember because, literally, what my mom and your dad were already coaching together by the time I was born. And uh, luckily, Jr. is a little older than me, but his mom decided that uh, you know I needed to have a buddy for the rest of my life. So Al and I were hockey D partners probably from before we were even born. It was probably. Somewhere, I'm sure our parents signed a contract. <laughs> I'm sure they did, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was street hockey in the cul-de-sac, you know, chasing Mikey O'Brien with ping-pong paddles, the whole nine yards, but it, it was always a good time. We were always outside playing and definitely never short sure of laughs.
0: Absolutely. The, the good old days. So, oh, yeah. um, Jesse, you, you, like me, you kind of grew up predestined, predestined to be an athlete. Um, your mom was a phenomenal athlete. Um you had an unbelievable athletic career. Can you just talk about like I'd love to hear like what what are some of your most like fondest memories of playing sports?
1: They're all the best ones, right? Oh god, I could, that list could go on and on for days. Um but I, I mean honestly it's uh you know it is the second family you make, the family you have and just like you think about I think about, you know, back in Cape Cod like doing belly flops into the pool. Um, you know, every family vacation was a, was a different tournament. So like that, you know, was my, my life from the day I was born, as you know. Um, but you know, you're around a lot of the same people, you're all traveling together, you're building your family together, but competing at the same time. And we were competing, uh, at a pretty high level, uh, pretty early on both, both you and I, so, um, it was, a, it was a fun balance though, for sure.
0: Absolutely. How how would you describe yourself as an athlete, Jesse?
1: I can just ask you that, Jr. You probably watch more games of me than I have maybe growing up. Um, (laughs) And and it's funny because I think I'm a little bit of a different athlete mindset-wise because i played so many different sports. Um, And I think, honestly, like, too, like, what we'll probably get into, um, but, like, in terms of your professional career and working in tech sales, like, because I played so many different sports and each one has its own mindset, like softball is a very different game than hockey, very different game. Um, so I think like, just like that versatility of the multi, like multi-sport athlete, um, you know, definitely would be probably what I would describe. Yeah. Kind of, that's
0: it. I think versatility. Like, you, know, yeah, you know, I, I always
1: know. get so uncomfortable talking about myself.
0: I know, I know. I usually that's have your, Big your
1: Al to just talk right over. Your tires. So.
0: i was i was literally gonna say like versatile and dynamic i think are good words because you were such a i mean you you literally played everything jesse um i and you made you made the point of like your fondest memories really being about like you know your your the fam the family you choose right your teammates um do you have any any favorite teammates from your playing days like you know college etc that and, and and like why were they your favorite
1: i got a few favorites right i can't pick one out like obviously me and your brother is still super close um he's probably definitely my longest friend right yeah. um yeah. we've deep partners from the day we were born uh and i could go on about al for days but um they're i think like the more impactful ones because we all make friends right we have our favorite friends, but my favorite teammates, actually, um, when I was a sophomore, there was one, Justine Stratton. Um, she was a junior, uh, uh, well, a senior that year, actually, um, and I had had a tough freshman year, and it's like it. she kind of just took me under her wing and was like, you're too athletic not to be starting, so let's go. Um, and you don't forget those. Like, to them, they just see maybe another couple Ws if they can get this athlete to figure out a more – technically skilled game in softball, like the detail-wise. Um, but, I, you know, J-Strat's a good one, and then a, another one would be uh, Jen Abrams also um, from my college days. Yep. And then the last one would be actually, she's still my best friend today too, uh, Melissa Tobin. Um, we played just one year of travel softball together. She actually, she's a Hawk, Jr. a Hudson Hawk.
0: Nobody's so perfect, so we, Jesse. High nobody's school, perfect, so actually, yeah.
1: We uh, played against each other on high school, but um, just from that year we played, we've gone through a lot of life together, too. Um, that summer going into my sophomore year of college, like, she was, before I was driving the ice cream truck uh, over to the Butler house for Bobby's Calder Cup party, I was, um, you know, at the softball field in Baltimore. Do you remember that?
0: <laughs> I, so, I know what you're talking about. And it's not that I, it's not that I forget that it's that, I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> I'll have to send you the picture that I think Wendy took of me pulling the ice cream truck up to that party and like, it's all the kids. And we were able to cover my entire day's fee that day. So I didn't have to work. It was great.
0: Oh, unreal. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that was a, I, I remember it being a phenomenal day. I do remember, I have slight memory of the ice cream truck. Uh, that was my but first deal job. I love it. That's right. That's right. My favorite, my favorite part of that day is when we, and hopefully nobody from the AHL is listening to this, but we lost the, we lost the Calder cup for like seven hours. Um, and then realized that it was literally sitting at the bottom of our pool the entire time. So if anybody, if anybody's getting their day with the Calder cup, uh, you know, we're sorry about the wood. Um, it wasn't our fault. It was, uh, it was it was uh, Sperry's liquors. Um, uh, Je- Jesse, I'm I, like you know you went away to went away to school. You know I was working. You know I, I'd love to like hear from your perspective. Like what do you think your your Providence teammates? How would they describe you? Like you you grew up very versatile and dynamic, but like when you got focused on softball and you kind of got into those like higher classes, junior senior year. Like how would those teammates describe you? You think?
1: Um. I think they would describe, I mean, I always was had a chip, like kind of like a chip on my shoulder type of kid. It's like, it made me work hard. You know, I played with the boys. So being the only girl, I, that chip was there for a long time. Not being, like had nothing to do with, you know, being a freshman in college or anything like that. But um, like I coach, I think told my dad at dinner when I graduated, like her chip never went away. I was like, oh, she's a little punk freshman. We just, it's, you know, generally quiet at first you'd find that to be shocking um but i like to just like i'm really observant yep um but i work hard in silence Yep. That would probably be the other one bleed, and bleed definitely probably example. one you'll want at your wedding someday or your i'd say wedding but most of them would probably say planning the bachelorette party <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that, <laughs> that's probably that, how they that, would be, describe me, though. that is awesome that is great um so, so Jesse kind of, you know, obviously, you know, what, what shift group does, um, you know, I remember having some conversations with you, 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 after your, your playing career, you went on and coached at some like really kind of special institutions, West Point, which, which I did an official visit at, imagine me at West Point, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, Cal State Northridge, Rit- North Northridge, um, and then, uh, you, you became a BDR, um, so one day you're, you're hanging out on the field, the next day you're, you're sitting in a cubicle wearing a headset. How, how tough was that change for you, Jesse?
1: I think maybe one of the differences, and, I, and probably a benefit really, is like, sure, I'm an antsy person. I always stand whenever I do a call. I'm one of those people. But you're so used to hours and hours of film and that stuff that it wasn't that big of a change. Right, um, it wasn't the cubicle. Like we're all used to just doing the job. We all had to go to study hall, um, so it it wasn't that that different. Like you'd already been taught those skills how to kind of like sit down and do your work. Um, I just realized I needed to work out at lunch because I had some energy let loose. But um, we are all very college athletes. If you played at you know a high level in college, I consider Division One, Two, and Three all high levels. <laughs> um, yeah. You just you learn those skills that actually translate pretty well to tech sales. If you like really sit back and listen, I remember I called you when I was getting out of coaching. I was like, how do I, just, my only experience is teaching girls how to hit softball JR. Like what, how do I translate this? But at the end of the day, it all kind of translated. It, there wasn't much of a difference.
0: It's yeah. Competitive. Yeah.
1: It's a task to focus on. Um, you know, I get really detailed with, um, which I think is, you know, something that differentiates athletes is we're used to doing the work on our own. Everyone was probably yeah. did work on our own. So 100%. it wasn't that big of a, of, of a, difference, uh, not as much as I thought it would be.
0: That, that's really actually good to hear. And, and that, I remember that conversation, one of the, you know, many conversations that led me to starting the, the starting shift group. Um, I, I, guess like, you know, Jesse, you have a, like, you have an awesome network, right? You know, a ton of people, um, why like why did you choose sales and and how did you end up specifically at hubspot because you know when you joined hubspot it, you know they're obviously huge and they were big back then but not as big as they are are now like how, how did that whole thing play out for you
1: right it, it, i mean it all comes down to a sports connection um so actually a, a, i played softball with her all through high school on my travel softball team her name's nicole nicole d'argento um from ashland she actually also coached with me. We had our first college coaching gigs together at West Point. Um, she was there for a year, and then she got the assistant job at Harvard, went back home. You know, I stayed at West Point for a couple of years in California, and then, um, you know, some family circumstance kind of was, needed to bring me back home. I had already been thinking about it a little bit, um, and I knew she had just got done coaching and that her brother owned a VC firm. Like, what I knew about VC at that time, nothing. Like, my dad's a cop. My mom's a you know a teacher, like I had, don't think I ever heard those words like those letters put together. I was like, uh, <laughs> vice captain, I don't know what like is that yeah. a thing now? Um, yeah, we, we
0: heard we heard PC, not VC. <laughs> oh, no, VC, VC.
1: Um, and she he had referred her to HubSpot, he's like, good scaling company coming up. She's like, I just started as a BDR last week, like, you want me to refer you in? And I was like, Yeah, definitely. And then I think I, the next thing I did was call you, JR, and I was like, <laughs> Uh, Can you help me uh, do my resume? And from there, like, obviously, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, And I just kind of went to LinkedIn and found similar Boston companies that fit a similar profile and applied to like, you know, four or five of them. That's awesome.
0: Um, Jesse, it's, it's, I'm, I'm like, really fortunate now I get to like, I get to work with a lot of Jesse Bryants back then, like girls that are just coming out of playing and coaching we actually just uh just worked with a girl who's on the um the great britain national softball team they just won some like i
1: might know her she
0: plays her base no her name's kendall uh Uh, she's awesome yeah um but you know I, i like obviously we we try to relate to them i try to relate to them as former athletes and put myself in their position but like i always think you know men and men and women are different and you know it's always good for them to hear from from their peers so like i guess i I would love to know like what kind of what kind of guidance what kind of advice would you give to to women who are about to go from playing sports to starting a career in sales is is there anything that you would have done differently
1: you know and maybe this is a lot of playing sports with boys young playing with i was always on boys and girls teams um I'd say my advice is to be just look at them as like your teammates. Like I think girls are often just too, I mean, even I, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I didn't have experience, but even like when I was, I was super quiet. Like, uh, you know, you look to your left and your right. And even five years ago, it was still primarily male dominated. Thankfully I had my, you know, walker room days of helmets and gloves, you know, um, <laughs> that I could rub some elbows with them. But or talk hockey with them because, you know, it's kind of a common ground. But I think um, it's just, like, literally look at them like your teammates. I should have done that earlier um, because that's really all they are. They're, they're going to be your biggest asset, the person sitting to your left and your right, um, or they could, you know, really be a detriment. Getting into sales is scary. Like, I I don't like to talk on the phone as it is. Like, pick up and dial my parents. Like, my dad will text me, like, you alive, can we chat this week? Like. Um, so it's it, it's intimidating. and if you don't you know lean on the people to your left or right or like you know really make sure you're in a good environment that you're comfortable in, that job is just very, very difficult to do,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and i definitely I definitely was intimidated slightly at first, even with my my background. Um, but there's no need to be.
0: yeah, and I, and I think you you had like a like a little bit of a leg up kind of because you did a you did a few years in coaching and recru- recruiting. Um, At like phenomenal, like I said, like West Point, University of California, Northridge, like unbelievable programs. Like, do you think, do you think those those years between playing and then sales, those years coaching and recruiting, do you think those helped also prepare you for a career in sales?
1: Yeah, how I describe it, Jared, like like my playing days gave me like the worth worth uh, work ethic, right, and like the ability to take some. The natural ability to let something roll off your shoulder, or to kind to of roll up your sleeves a little bit more, um, it, it, more towards work ethic. But I think the coaching years actually made me super successful beyond the BDR role. Uh, you know, a lot quicker. I mean, I was 24 years old coaching at West Point. I was coaching 22 year olds. Um, like, it, it's you had to have an, an authoritative position, but like also very much as an assistant that's like two years older them, get on the same side of the table and get a lot of respect and trust up front. So I think what made me actually super successful more than like playing was probably my coaching, my coaching years.
0: Absolutely. A lot of ma- maturity comes with that too. I think that you maybe don't have while you're a player, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, even think, I, I bet you like a lot of the players you work with, jr are team captains. Like it's the same thing when you can notice someone's shoulders down, like it, yep. you just notice so much more about body language. I think, we forget to like recognize that as athletes, but like, I mean, been told they want body language is key. Like, what coaching allowed me to do was like really interpret body language versus just recognizing
0: it. Yeah, like a, li- a little more empathy. That's really cool. Um, so this is I'm I'm actually I, I literally just looked these numbers up because I, I I think it's a cool stat. So you joined HubSpot um, in August 2017. Mm-hmm. J- and, and you might not even know this, but so the stock at, on August tw- in August twenty seventeen on this date five years ago, uh, HubSpot yeah. was tr- was trading at sixty seven dollars and thirty five cents. Um, obviously, I in my head had it,
1: had it around like I was like, oh, probably a hundred around a hundred yeah.
0: bucks. Yep, yep, wow. 67 dollars, and obviously everything is down right now. So I'm not going to use this number, but at the height at the height of the market was, uh, yeah, a few, a few months ago, it was. It was over $800, 800. $810, right? Um, So, like, that kind of speaks for itself in terms of what what choosing HubSpot did for you and and your experience. But, like, we, like you, we we definitely tell our candidates not to put all their eggs in one basket. We put them in front of multiple companies. And typically, our candidates do such a good job. They usually get multiple offers. And, um, like when when we're talking to them a lot of them are thinking like okay well base salary base salary on track earnings benefits you know hey this one's in the office this one's remote what do you think like what do you think is missing from the list and and like if you could tell Jesse Bryant and, and when when you were going through that process how would you advise somebody to evaluate potential employers
1: yeah so i mean it was it was an interesting one, because I was completely changing careers. I was also moving from LA to Boston. So I was going across country, you know, multiple, like, like you get through to the second round to on all of them. And, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not taking five in person interviews, but for me it was really important to go on site, even though a BDR wasn't getting flown out across country. Um, like, like, uh, so I flew myself out and kind of coordinated all my interviews because I wanted to meet the team. <laughs> like I, wanted to meet the team. And that was even more important to me. I was already knew I was taking a pay cut. I was at a coaching at a top 50 program at the time. Like I was going to be taking a pay cut. Um, but I knew that if the team was right, when I got there, like the company, like I was going to be fine. I was at least going to learn. I was going to, you know, be able to take the, and I obviously knew how successful you had been, you know, in your career helps to kind of have like seeing what it could be. Um, And not putting what it could be too far out of reach for, you know, the better deal now. Um, I think that's super important. It's like less than OT benefits and things like really find like what your comfort is um, in the process, too. I always say like you're interviewing them, too. Um, So it's really important to remember.
0: And is that like is that like comfort with your potential like hiring manager like you feel like you vibe with them and you feel like you're gonna learn from them i wouldn't even say
1: the hiring manager as much because like you know they're following like having coach like um i think that like i knew that they you know have a checkpoints they have to hit things that they have to ask like they're not they'll joke around with you but they're really you know they are very much coming into the mindset that oftentimes that they're interviewing you um and like there's no (laughs) back and forth like sure you you know everybody prepares for two questions for the end of it you know the end of an interview but um I more so like just paying attention to like what's going on like the nonverbal, right what are you seeing going on in the office I think is super important the BDR job and thank God I chose comfort um, because like the comfort of the team and what I saw over the interview process because um, like the BDR job can be grueling and that's but, you know, not many people or you know, not everybody comes out the other end to an AE role. Um, it can be a grinding, grinding position. So, I think you know, being in your comfort zone is is really important. You know, whatever you used to do like to get that. ready before a game, it's the same thing. Yeah, I love that.
0: That's great. Um, and, and it's almost like you can feel it, like you, you And that's why, like, going like you said, going on site, it's like, okay, I can, I can see myself here. I can, I, I, I. I, I love that. That's huge. An I mean, intuition I think is I important. Get a, you, know,
1: you get a little lucky every once in a while. Yeah, blind <laughs> finds a nut, right? Um, but, <laughs> no, um, like, I think, I mean, you listed off all the things that people are going to naturally want to know, but right. the decision-making process, I don't think that it should come down to those things, um, especially, you know, as you go into an entry-level role.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing that I, I'm, I'm really like, I, I'm excited to hear you talk about, um, we, have, we have to kind of like, like you, you said, you took a pay cut, right? We, we have some candidates we work with that it's like, you know, we, we basically have to talk them into why they have to start as a BDR. Um, but, but everybody, especially as an athlete, I know you, you went into this career this way, like they just want to get promoted into a closing role as fast as they can, which they should, right? That's the right attitude. What do you think, in your opinion, what's the right way to approach the BDR job? And if someone is interested in getting into that closing role quickly, what advice would you give them?
1: I would say, and it's interesting because I, you know, was very successful as BDR, but I was in our channel program. So yeah. we kind of had a promo freeze. It's a lot, you know, a lot less account managers and AEs, if you will, in the channel program versus the di- direct side of business. but. Um, So I actually got in like a six month hold from my promo, which can be really frustrating. It's like you hit all your promos, but there's just not that opening it. You know, there's still a starting senior at shortstop, if you will. Um, So like during that time though, what was interesting is I think I got closing experience that entire time. I was doing the exact same job at that point in my BDR career that I knew I'd be ready to hit the AE floor running. So having a good relationship with, my AEs actually like was my saving grace because I started closing deals in those six months, you know, for my AEs and I think that was, you know, 12 to 18 months of trust building with them and they were like, yeah, go run that one. That's awesome. That's and huge. They gave that to me,
0: which was nice. So, so, so that like solid operating cadence with the AE, in your opinion, is a pretty important piece of like finding that path to, to become an AE yourself, right?
1: absolutely Absolutely. like we all go through a month of sales training like it that's not where you learn how to do the job and you have to be like if i wasn't a bdr first like and i got thrown into an a role, i would have had no clue what i was doing
0: right
1: and i didn't know my selling style like i know like i knew my coaching style or like my playing style right but i think a selling style and it can be very different there's a lot of different selling styles um, and being a PDR allowed me to see multiple ones, Yeah. right? I got to, I worked with seven reps, I think. Um, you know, that's a lot to handle, seven reps, like, but, um, you start to work with the ones that put in the investment into you too, a little bit more and it, it ends up working out because you kind of find your own style too.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, how do you think, like, um, how do you think an AE, like, what, what's a good AE look like when, in terms of, like, being helpful to those BDRs? Like, you just said, like, well, if one of them's going to lean in, then that's who I'm going to help. What does that look like to you, you think?
1: Yeah, I got the opportunity to mentor some BDRs at HubSpot um, after the fact, and then being a team lead, some, like, new hired A's. Um, they, I think it's make them a part of your, like, literally make the BDR part of your team. Like... I had, they, whether they trust me or not, they invited me to all of their meetings and partners. Um, they, you know, the ones that were, that did that and took, the, you know, and gosh, once I was doing, I thought they were giving me all this time in the world. <laughs> um, some of them over the, and the, really, I mean, it's 30 minutes of four years of knowledge. Like right. it's it's easy for them. And you don't realize that when you're like, oh my God, they just like blew my world. They saved me like at least six hours in prospecting tonight, like, by just showing me, like, taking two minutes to show me something. Um, And then I think, um, you know, it's hard, because, you know, we all like to get paid and have a little control, like sales reps, like, you got, we like to have control of our own paychecks, or, you know, we wouldn't be working so hard. But um, it's tough to trust someone with your paycheck, right? Like, and I didn't realize that even sitting on the other side, how much trust my He's had in me. Um, We might have to, I might have to call on and ask him why, or if that's normal, but um, I like on the other side of it, 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 the trust component helps a lot. That gives you the confidence to go close deals without a manager asking you for your forecast or, you know? um, Yeah. They weren't asking me for a forecast. Like they had a few, they'd let me run through. Um, Right. If I closed it for them, it was a bonus. It's like getting the Amazon prime gift cards. I keep getting from, something that you signed before, who knows, <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> they just don't expect it and it's, it's it's, it's extra for them. Um, yeah. So, but I'd say like, allowing your VRs to have some trust on some of those smaller deals just going to help you in the long run too because then more experience to close more deals for you.
0: Absolutely. Um, we, obviously, you know, like what's going on in the job market right now, it's the, the interviews are getting more competitive. So, what we're doing is, is we're trying to like, add to our training, give give these athletes as much as we can in terms of skills beyond the intangible characteristics, right? Like, so they can talk intelligently in an, in an interview about how to research an account, write, an old, write a cold email, make a cold call, qualify, whatever. I'm curious to know, like, what do you think is like a top area of development that athletes can really lean into to, to differentiate themselves from all the other people that are going for these these BDR roles that are that are you know the number of roles is shrinking that's just the reality like what's what's a good skill to think about for these folks to think about
1: yeah maybe I had it just because I worked a hundred percent commission job in high school at some point driving an ice cream truck but I would say um you know more so that, than what you described it's a uh, how do I put this it's it, I'm trying to describe it the right way but essentially like it's uh, I don't know, Jr. It, this one's complicated for me. Um, repeat it for me because I want to answer this one right.
0: No, of course. Like, like you I got know, a good one here th- for you. Yeah, JR. you got, you. We're we're trying to develop. They're trying to develop skills, I and we're wondering like, which skills should they focus on heavily or the most to I to kind hated of differentiate themselves? Role
1: playing. I hated that part of training. I absolutely despised it. I probably was the worst like ever and role play, but it is part of that interview process. Like, yeah. like thankfully I think I had some years of experience on my belt being a coach and talking that I snuck myself through. Um, but I hated it. Like even as an a, like going to an a role, I hated it. It And I don't know. I don't know how you got into Texas there, but like, I had no idea of Texas. Like that was an option in college. Like, I was digging holes in Framingham in the summers when I could have been doing a sales internship. Because the only way is if you get that experience of getting on on the phone in a variety of different ways, getting in front of people. You know, I think back to coaching, like I would have to give out the practice, right? I Even when I worked at camps, I had to give a lesson on hitting, even just like teaching in any way. I think is like any way you can get up and speak in front of people whether that's a sales internship or not in college, I think that's the biggest myth. That's
0: so good, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you talked a little bit uh, when we were talking about your softball career, Jesse, about like, you know, Justine, Jen, and Melissa. Um, now that you're in the, the tech world, I'm wondering like, have you come across colleagues or peers like that? Um, that have, that have become like valuable mentors for you in this new, in the new career that you're in?
1: So it's like, I, I just left HubSpot, right? So it's my first time experiencing like how long do these relationships last? Right. Um, but in, you know, like being at the same company for five years, and sales is, is kind of a little different. I mean, HubSpot, it happens all the time. It's a great company to work for, like, but then you, you hear about other stories. You're like, oh, it, the average is like two and a half years, I think. Max, like I was like, oh, um, but but definitely like there's just some people that well, you don't talk to them every day, right? Like some of your old teammates. Like I just texted Jen Abrams yesterday because a song came on of the nickname she used to call me. Like she used to call me Franny. I don't know why, but like <laughs> th- I'm sure there was other things like me- like small memories like that. But like it's the people you still want to pick up the-, the phone and text or call, you know, six months or six years down the road just randomly you know it makes your day and you text them makes their day you wouldn't do that for you know just anybody um and i'm already finding that in you know my career my second career if you will
0: totally totally yeah and and, and you're going to build just as strong long-term relationships as you did in sports um and you were a leader at for the friars at, at providence team captain Um, you, you led, you know, the future young women of America at the (laughs) the two schools you coached at, but you know, it's different, right? Going from an individual contributor to a leader of people in the workplace is different. Can you talk a little bit about what that transition was like going from IC to, to kind of that, that leader title?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'll be honest, like at first, like it, because it's, I mean, the, leadership positions I held house. So I was like a team lead. Like I was still an individual contributor at the end of the day. Um, The interesting thing is I had to remind myself that I was still an individual, individual contributor at the end of the day Um, because I found myself like really investing in, you know, the mentor, the mentees I had over, you know, what my task at hand, what actually paid my check, what, you know, I wasn't paying enough attention to that. Um, And it, it's a hard job. Like, I think what I'm going to do here is like the balance of it is the most important, and you don't really realize the balance of it until you're in a leadership position. Um, you know, once I was able to figure out that balance, though, it made me a way better AE working with, you know, any mentee I they came on because you learn different ways to describe things, which gives you different ways to talk to, to describe it to the prospect. Um, you're like challenged there. Is, again, getting in front of people, being forced. One of my least favorite questions is like, Jesse, what do you do for work? I'm like, uh, how do I describe that? It like off the cuff, like I can't do it. Um, like the leadership role, like really allows you to, to be able to, um, allow other people to get there faster than hopefully I did. Um, yeah. I just got too, and too obsessed with the coaching component and probably missed yeah. it a little bit, yeah. but I was, I never, like, I didn't have that like manager role. Um, so it was a little yeah. bit different as a team lead.
0: Totally, totally. Well, now you can tell people you're a merchant of change, Jesse, because that's what that's what we think salespeople are. <laughs> merchants
1: of change. Describe that one.
0: Um, so merchants, obviously, these are you know one of the oldest professions. They're they 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 you know traded people you know for for other goods or for you know financial uh, financial backing. So you know what I always think of when I think of technology salespeople is you're selling change, right? Someone's doing something a certain way. They have been for a long time. You're coming in with a solution to say, Hey, have you thought about it? You know, have you thought about the negative consequences of what you're doing today and have you thought about the potential positive outcomes if you did it this way, right? And this way is, you know, HubSpot CMS or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how we kind of you know my my old boss at turbo that was his nickname was merchant of change so that's why we name we named the uh podcast that merchants of change i like it yeah I, I like,
1: yeah. yeah i like it i think too like <laughs> i don't know the sales uh athletes in the in the sales room definitely brings about change no matter what pe- like who, who you were like it, it uh, i mean naturally like it's that team component of it like it's yeah. very, and it's not easy, even it's a lot harder in today's world with, with COVID and primarily working remotely. Like, how do you make that connection piece? Um, and I think athletes have a, you know, a much better ability to do that. They've done it for a lot longer. They're not, totally. you know, ever just playing for themselves Sure, there's individual sports, but like even in college, those are all part of team
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think our, uh, the customers agree with you too. Um. So last two questions, Jesse. I I love asking this one because I'm always curious to know. So we we ask guests always to highlight one sales skill that they've developed that makes them elite. Like, what do you think your strongest sales skill
1: is? You know, my mom said I had the gift of gab since the day I was born. Uh, So not that. But I think I got really good really early at utilizing technology to do my job i get i essentially was the linkedin sales nav trainer for my aes when i was a bdr like i got really really good at working smart and i'm not going to pick up the phone and just dial 100 people just because we have a call blitz like i'm going to take three hours the night before grab my list of 20 and get myself five meetings because I only get I don't get paid on calls I make I get paid on meetings I book and deals that close so like I got very good at utilizing like tech technology to do my job and just putting in a little work early that that's amazing crazy.
0: I love that that we have never gotten that answer Jesse but no. like that that <laughs> is an and honestly like it's a game changer right I we have we had people like that at turbo that like just wizards with you know, L- LinkedIn Sales Navigator or even sales for- Salesforce, right? Like, and now you've got like all these other tools that are out there. So, like, yeah, that that's a really good one. That was that was a surprise. I like that. Um, you might remember this, uh, Jesse, but my my dad used to tell me Bob and Al when we were little, like, "Hey guys, there's a there's a lot of people that play hockey, but there's not a lot of hockey players." And he kind of instilled in this idea of us of like being a pro. And, like, really, like, making it part of your identity and, like, you know, it's not just about showing up to practice and practicing. It's, like, shooting pucks in the driveway, you know, doing sprints on the football field, like, you know, doing everything you can to continue to become better. Um, And we think, like, you know, when I talk about a salesperson, I think the highest praise I can give someone is that they're a pro. Like, this this guy, this girl is a pro. What does... In this industry, in this in this role, in sales, software
1: sales, what does being a pro mean to you? Definitely transparency is a big one that just like popped into my head there. Um, like, you're not, I mean, we all picture what we grew up with, right? The door-to-door salesman. Um, that's not the case in, in tech sales. Like, there, if there is no sale, there is no sale. Like, the transparency and just putting, like, someone's ability to put, like, one your own ability to put yourself on in their shoes like am i going to be pissed off sending sending a karen email um if i'm them right if if i'm getting sold that good yeah that person's a great salesperson but i wouldn't consider them a pro right um i think the pros are the ones that are transparent and honest um they're going to be the ones that are most successful and they're the pros in my eyes
0: i could i couldn't agree more like they're they're just trying to figure out if is that do you have a problem to solve is it worth you investing the money to solve it and can i solve it if, if if that's true can we solve it can we solve it uniquely can we solve it better than any any other option you have right um Absolutely. and the best sales people operate that way
1: and if we Jessie, can I'm, the, the, I'm gonna tell them we can't like right and you know what though that person whether you're at the same company for 20 years or not like the, that person will remember at their next company and at their next job. And maybe your software at the, whatever you're selling at the time is a fit. They're, they're yeah. going to find you. It's just going to happen.
0: Um, yeah Absolutely.
1: Important to remember. Just, yeah, Don't do have- someone dirty. They'll come back to bite you.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And people always remember those bad experiences. <laughs> Uh, Je- Jesse, I, I think I'm like about to cry right now because I I have to tell you how proud I am of you. We haven't talked about oh. this this stuff ever, and I feel like the last you know we catch up, we talk, but the last time I talked to you about sales was when you were thinking about getting into it, and I'm just so impressed by you know the the person and the and the professional you've become. So. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for for giving us some of your time. Um, congratulations on everything you've accomplished since uh, since making the transition. And I'm really really excited to you see what's what, next JR? for you.
1: I got to thank you too, though, because like you were what I saw in this industry, right? Of like just always being yourself. You still got the backwards hat on today. You're still Jr. <laughs> but like, what was he doing? Why did he like like what? Why did he uh, go off and travel to and have these? This nice house like what is jr doing um you know you don't always have that um but you know it made a scary jump a little bit easier it's like that's what it could be and you could still be yourself like we're both very similar people like i was like okay yep. so i can do that career i don't have to jeopardize who i am and i could be really good at it
0: you heard, you heard it here you heard it here, <laughs> folks. You can take the kid out of Marlboro. You can't take Marlboro <laughs> out of the kid, and you never should. Jesse, thank gonna, you so much for joining us. I'm going to be
1: talking with a Boston accent for the next four hours. Thanks, Jar. I that one. <laughs>
0: this wraps up this episode of Merchants of Change. If you enjoyed this episode, the most meaningful way to say thanks is to submit a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in working with us, please come find us at www.shiftgroup.io.